0: Welcome to the Rock of Ages Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Israel Soto. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit rockofagesaog.org. But I want to speak to you this morning in light of my 62 years of life. uh, I was just speaking to one of our beloved brothers back there as we waited for the beginning of the service and He goes, today is your birthday. I said, yeah, today, today, today. Sunday, absolutely. Normally it falls on a Monday, Tuesday, whatever, and celebrate, obviously, on Sunday. But today, actually, the 25th of July, uh, 62 years ago, I was born. I don't know at what time, but I was born, and I'm so thankful. But it's been a journey, 62 years. It really has been a journey. I think all of us have a story to tell. I don't care if you're 20 years old or 80 years old this morning. But we've got a story to tell, amen? Our life has indeed been a journey of ups and downs. and Prayerfully, it's been more ups than downs. But I promise you that I pretty much remember every down I ever had. They are pretty remarkable and monumental. They seem to leave a mark and a scar in the hearts of an individual, of the things that you go through in life that just remind you of those times where you were truly stressed, and you thought you could not go another day. Anybody ever felt like that? That you just couldn't go on another day. You were, your heart was crushed. I don't care if it was financially, emotionally, spiritually, materially, whatever. But you were crushed in your being, in your spirit. And you said to yourself, wow, I mean, this is absolutely the end of me. Well, at 62 years old, and I know we have some brothers here that I just a little bit older than I am. and If I can testify of times that I've had, I'm sure that uh, some of you guys here today who are just a little bit older than I am may say, wow, I've got a couple more stories to tell than you, Pastor. But I've got my stories to tell about life, and and it makes me altogether thankful today because in spite of what I thought in my own mind, In spite of what I thought at that very moment that I was going through, that dark time in my life, when I, even with my own mouth, said, man, this is it. I won't survive this financial crisis. I won't survive this marital issue. I won't survive this pain and hurt in my emotions. I won't survive this struggle that I'm going through. I'm going to lay down and practice, see how they can position me in that box. Because this is it for me. Regardless of how doom and gloom I felt at that moment, I'm still here at 62 years old. Isn't that incredible? And why is it that I'm still here after 62 years old? It's because right at that moment, even when you say to yourself, this is it, I can't move on. Maybe you've gone through a horrible divorce. Maybe you've gone through a closing of a business or maybe a loss of a child or a loved one. Whatever it is that has crushed your heart and you thought to yourself, this is pretty much it. At that very moment when you can do nothing about your issue, isn't it wonderful? And I love to testify that Jesus steps in. Right at that time, uh, you've heard me say that from this pulpit, Many times, the Lord may not come when you want Him. He may not come. Ask Mary and Martha when they went out there looking out for Him when He was preaching up in Bethany and His, his, his beloved brother Lazarus was dying and dead by the time. And they said, come on over, the one you love. Come, hurry. Uh, we checked His pulse. There was still a pulse. Come and and, and help him and help us all. We're all hurting for him. And Jesus delayed still a few more days. So you see, that proves to us the Lord may not come when we want him. But it sure is reassuring to know that he will come when we need him. When we need him. The Lord has been with me when I needed him every time. It was at that moment, it was His time when He showed up in my life that I took advantage of my moment. And that's the title of my message this morning for you this morning. His time, your moment. What are you going to do with His time? And you have that moment. Let's read God's Word this morning. I'm long-winded as it is, and today I'm a baby, so I'm even more long-winded. Mark 10 and 46, if you would, please. Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city. And a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging... When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. You see, there was a lot of people that had and went by the name of Jesus back then. Otherwise translated in Hebrew was just Joshua. But he is clear to describe here in Scripture. It was Jesus of Nazareth. There was a distinctiveness about this man, Jesus. So he heard that Jesus was coming in and he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now many rebuked him as he, they told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they told him. Get on your feet, he's calling you. And throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. And the Lord spoke to him and said, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. And Jesus' next response is quick and to the point. He said, go. Say, Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, everybody say immediately. He received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Put your hand over your heart this morning. And say, Jesus, speak to my heart. In your name I pray. I pray that this message comes to encourage you this morning, especially those of you who may be going through a hard time feels like your life is like that young man that was hired to work at a train station i love this illustration because at the end this is how we feel our life becomes at the moment and the illustration goes as follows a young man who had worked for years on the railroad wanted a job as a signalman for the railroad for his interview he was told to meet the inspector at the signal box And so obviously he was going to go through an examination, a questioning, if you will, concerning his alertness to the situations that may happen in the lives of that signal man. So the inspector asked him some questions just to check the young man's preparedness for the job. And so he says, what would you do if you realize that two trains are headed toward each other on the same track? Well, the young man said, that's easy. I would switch the points for one of the trains. The inspector then asked, what if the lever broke? And the young man said, I jumped down out of the signal box and I'd use the manual lever over there. And the inspector said, what if the lever had been struck by lightning and stuck? The young man said, then I would run to the signal box and phone the next signal man ahead of me. And the inspector continued, and what if the phone was busy? Then the young man said, well, in that case, I would rush down out of the signal box and use the public emergency phone at the crossing up there. And the inspector said, what would you do if the public emergency phone had been vandalized? The young man said, "Oh well, then I would run into town and get my uncle Ed." And puzzled the inspector says, "Why would you go call your uncle Ed?" He said, "Because my uncle Ed ain't never seen a train crash before." <laughs> a train wreck. Sometimes we feel our life is a train wreck waiting to happen. I know that in my life, many times, you know how people say, Don't worry, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And if you listen carefully, you hear chuk chuk, 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 chuk and it's a train coming in your same direction. <laughs> but you feel that way sometimes, like we're runaway trains and our lives are all out of control. Now, it doesn't have to be an actual train wreck that I'm talking about, obviously, but it can be anything you're going through in life that seems it's going to just absolutely end in chaos. Sometimes life doesn't feel worth continuing. You seem to want to lay down and just say, you know what? What's the use? This is going to end up in a big mess. Nothing seems to change for me. You have the look of the train conductors as they're getting ready to face each other with a look of despair. I've got good news this morning. It doesn't have to be that way for you and I. As I said to you, my life so many times seemed like there was no use in continuing. Just, you know, a year and a few months ago, I went through a terrible train wreck and I thought for sure it would be the end of me but right at that moment right at that moment when my heart refused to go any further Jesus stepped in and he switched the crossings and a man who was sure to die at testimony by the doctor's the Lord said, surely he will live. And I'm here today to testify that God spared my life from that train wreck that would have destroyed my life. And I would not be here with you had it not been for his grace. And so your life as well doesn't have to end up in a train wreck. There's scriptures that give us Encouragement and teaches actually about life, such as Galatians 4 and 3. So also when we were children, we were in slavery under the basic principles of the world. See, the basic principles of the world are nothing but destruction, failure, discontentment. Said, but when the time had fully come, everybody say, Thank God for his timing. God sent His Son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those under the law. What law? You may ask, the law of destruction, the law of failure, the law of bitterness and despair, the law of broken dreams, the law of hopelessness and even death. The Bible says that right at that moment, when all things seemed to be lost, Jesus came And change the lines of the tracks you were traveling on. God sent his son to change and to cancel out that condemning law that this world had placed upon us. He gave us the right to a throne and not a tomb. He gave us the right to riches and not wretchedness. He made us heirs and children of God. A a license to step into the realm of royalty and kingmanship in Christ Jesus. He came to get our lives back on track. This scripture that I just read a few minutes ago, the story of a man whose life was all torn up and messed up. He was in a terrible, terrible rut in his life. I can't imagine anybody in scripture more in a sad case such as this man, Bartimaeus, the Bible speaks about. Bartimaeus was a man by any account that had very little things going for him. The Bible tells us that Bartimaeus was stranded on the outsides of Jericho and he may have lived in the streets for God knows how long. He had never seen changes in his life for such a long time. He didn't seem to be any way there. There didn't seem for him any way to break loose from the cycle he was in. He was destined to remain. In that position. What kind of position was he? Well, let's just look at a couple real quick. He was blind. He was blind. I can't fathom. And my heart goes out to those that have struggled with their eyesight. That can't see, who may have seen at the beginning of life and enjoyed the colors of this world, looking at your faces of his children, grandchildren, and wife, or what have you. Just the beauty around him or her, and all of a sudden be snuffed out and blind. You know, it's difficult for us who see Eve today to, to move about in a dark room. And especially when we don't know the room. In our homes, the lights are off and we know exactly where our bed, the end table, and even the light switch might be. But when you're in a foreign world and you're taken outside, it's a a bad situation to be in. It's a tremendously powerful and debilitating position, I believe it is, for someone who's lost their sight. It'll tear you up. You know, some of us complain about certain things that we go through in life because they last two or three days. I haven't gotten over this cold and, oh, I hate it, I hate it. You're moaning, complaining, oh, uh, my, this hurts a little bit or I hurt my ankle. Oh, can you imagine? That'll go away in a week or so, but imagine being blind a lifetime. Quite the train wreck, wouldn't you say? Quite the terrible place to be, to be trapped in darkness. And obviously now we know that he was poor because he could not work. So he was there. The Bible descriptively says, specifically says, he was begging. So he was financially out of everything as well. We struggle to pay our bills. And partially it's our fault because we overextend ourselves. Oh, you don't agree? You know you didn't have to buy that thing that now has you sweating at the end of the month. And we do that a lot. That's why America is in debt. We're doing that now in our country. Pretty soon they're going to come for our socks and shoes. It's overextending ourselves. But he could not work. He had a legitimate reason to be in lack. Why? Because he could not work. He could not see. And by the looks of how they treated him at the beginning when he saw Jesus... Or when he found out Jesus was was passing through, they told him to be quiet. So obviously, he wasn't even popular socially. He was one of those rejects, those guys you, you see when you're driving by asking for alms. So there's nothing positive really we could say about poor, blind, poor, unliked Bartimaeus. His life seemed hopeless. No enjoyment, no happiness, no success, no peace. But the Bible says that there was a special time ordained of the Lord. And it would be a time that God ordained for his son Jesus to be passing by. And in his heart, because of what we see him doing, Bartimaeus, he knew knew that was his moment. He heard that Jesus was passing by. And he knew, now is my moment. And he jumps up and he screams out the name of Jesus. He screams out to the one he knows. He had heard the testimony, I'm sure. I'm sure he had heard of what this man Jesus was doing in the city. And so now, I mean, what are the chances of, of him passing by where he was? He was in the outskirts. Jesus was in the center of the city. But somehow the Lord ordained him for his step to pass him by. Just close enough for Bartimaeus to know that Jesus was there. And he was within shouting distance. And so he stands up He says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Christ's timing and Bartimaeus' moment. He took advantage of that moment that Jesus was there. Ladies and gentlemen, last week we were praying and we've been having such awesome services. Would you agree? We've been having such great I know in my heart we've been having great times. More and more, I'm sensing the presence of the Lord stirring up in this place. But last week, I asked you all to raise your voice. And we were silent up here with just very little ambience music. We were listening, and I could hear all of a sudden people starting to yell here, and I could hear weeping here, and I could hear voices of men in low pitch here calling out to the Lord. And I was hoping in my heart and praying, Lord, make them scream like, like at a Spurs game. Uh, let them scream like at their football place or whatever it is that they scream for. Let them scream out to you. You see, I knew that was Jesus' time last Sunday. But I'm wondering so many times, I'm wondering in my heart, how many of us took advantage of his time and made it our moment. Bartimaeus wasn't going to lose out. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to admonish you and to, to encourage you. Whenever you know, and we know that the Lord has been visiting us here on Sunday mornings as we worship Him in spirit and in truth. When you know that it's His timing to come and move about the airspace in this building. I challenge you and I encourage you, I admonish you to make it your moment. We need to start making God's timing our moment when God moves. Know that it's our moment to embrace Him and to call Him in to address our issues. It's our moment to be close to Him, to worship Him and to love Him at close distance. Our moment for Him to respond to the many needs some of us have in this house. That was Bartimaeus. We learn so much from him. He wasn't about to let Jesus leave and him lose out. No more would he as the woman with the issue of blood who heard that Jesus was passing by and she ran through the crowds, herself being a reject because she was unclean, still to press in and to reach and touch the him of Jesus's garment. So much was his determination as that was of Jairus, who his children were dying and, and he was mourning already the loss of a child that said, even I laid down my crown of authority, my position as an attorney, a doctor, a businessman, whatever he was, he was an authority in the city. He laid every accolade out and he said, call Jesus. This is my moment. I need him in my life. This was Bartimaeus. He said, Jesus, is that Jesus? Wow, what awesome timing. This is my moment. Redeem the time, the Bible says. Redeem the moment. Know that when God is moving and you're invited to worship, you're invited to reach out to him. Use that moment as your own. This is why God perfects his timing in your life. This is why God chooses these special moments when the Lord looks at Rock of Ages and he begins to hear and see the worship that they're offering him and he becomes the transform from carnal, problematic situations, stresses, and He begins to just clean up and it offers up. Now it begins an incense of pure spiritual incense of praise. God takes that time to step in because he said he inhabits the praises of his people. And we see him come into the house of God. We feel him. He's appointed times to come here. And I wonder how many like us, unlike Bartimaeus, don't take time to redeem that moment. Don't take time. You see, Bartimaeus teaches us, A few quick lessons if I can. I know it's getting late. Juan Bartimaeus teaches us I think we should learn to capitalize on our opportunities. He teaches us to take advantage of when God is moving. I don't care if you're driving to work. I don't care if you're in the middle of a tennis game. I don't care if you're at the ninth hole at the golf course or you've got a big old fish at the end of your pole. When God Sets up that timing. You put that thing down and you begin to worship him because he's come to meet your needs. He's come to meet your needs. You know, there's a little, little thing that I saw on Instagram the other day. And you know how we're always talking about patriots and all this thing that's going on politically. We see this guy who's a pole vaulter and he's running. And as he's running halfway down the uh, the, 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 the track uh, getting ready to put his pole down and, and fly over that, uh, that cross pole that uh, they do, uh, he heard the national anthem being played. I don't know if anybody's seen that, but he's running full throttle with that pole and he's getting ready to stick it in the ground and all of a sudden, bum, ba, dum, bum, 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 And in a moment, he, he, you see him uh, slow down, drop the pole and stand up and salute The flag. And of course, obviously, the implication was to show patriotism. But I want to use the principle in his heart. For him, it was giving honor to his nation and to the flag as they played the national anthem. But for us, how many of us are running down the pathway of life and we hear, bum, ba, dum, bum, bum, Jesus, and we keep running as if nothing is happening. Instead of whatever it is that we're doing and we're running through, we put the brakes on and stop and address that moment in the Lord. Have you ever been driving, ladies and gentlemen, that the Holy Spirit just get a hold of you right before halfway down the road to work? I know it's happened to me. I've had to pull over and just hold on. And I don't know what people thought when they were passing by. Maybe I was going through a breakdown or whatever it is. But actually I was going down through a breakdown because God was breaking my heart and doing things in my life. But in the middle of the road... Have you ever been in bed at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit wakes you up? That timing of God at 2 in the morning and all you can do is hold your pillow and begin to weep and spend time in the presence of the Lord in that bed. Has anybody ever experienced that? The timing of God. We need to capitalize on those moments that God gives us. Lest we miss out on we, what he's trying to do. I'm going to move quickly here without reading too much scripture for you. But you're getting the point this morning. Bartimaeus is teaching us that the moment you know Christ is moving, it doesn't matter if you feel his presence. Even if you are work, step out, go to the bathroom, whatever. Get in a stall and just begin to love on Jesus. Because he's chosen that time to give you your moment. Secondly, he teaches us to minimize our negatives in life. Some of us capitalize on the negatives in life. We spend more time talking about our problems than we do about the blessings we have in God. We're more used to carrying baggage around and letting it go and allowing God to fill our hearts with new oil. This was Bartimaeus. He would not let anybody bring him down. Even when he knew that it was his moment in the presence of the Lord, they said, be quiet. You're a blind man. Be quiet. You're not up there in the corporate ladder to approach someone like the biggest name in town right now. Hush. But immediately, without even argument, he began to shout even louder. He didn't care about the negatives in his life at that moment. Some of us, when we're seeking God, this is so sad, and the devil knows how to work this thing so good. You'll find someone who wants to be on fire for God. He starts coming to church, but as soon as he starts coming to church, the devil says, Shut up. Where are you going? Be quiet. You're going to church again. They'll never accept you. God doesn't want you. You'll end up doing what you used to be doing again. Stop it. And what happens we begin to capitalize on the dumb words he puts in our hearts and we turn around and we go home. And we forget about Jesus. That would not be Bartimaeus. I'm sure Bartimaeus one it was took advantage of the fact that he was blind because he couldn't look at those snarling faces. Sometimes we we need to stop looking at the snarling faces when people start making faces at you. Close your eyes and become blind like Bartimaeus and say, "Uh, I don't care. I know you're probably making faces at me. I don't care. I don't see you. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to worship him. This is my moment in God. We as marriages, couples, children, young people, all of us need to minimize our negatives. And this principle works not only in our walk with God and our uh, taking advantage of that moment in God, but it works in everything in life. Some of us have failed to accomplish certain things because we have, we have, again, capitalized on the negatives instead of capitalizing on the positive opportunities. Bartimaeus teaches us, you know what? They told me to be quiet, but that only fueled me up to shout even louder. Thirdly, he speaks to us and he says, be specific. Keep your eyes focused on what you need. Don't be abstract with God. When you know that God's timing is now, when you know that you've minimized the negatives, then always in your heart know exactly what you need before God. You See, the Lord said, what would you have me do for you, Martimaeus? He said, I want to see. I want to see. The Lord knew exactly that Bartimaeus knew exactly what he wanted. Instead of saying, well, Lord, you know what I need. And the Lord would have easily said, yeah, I know what you need. But what do you need? Sometimes we stand before God and we say, Lord, my whole life is a mess. You know, why don't you just start at one end? And there's a, yeah, that too, and yeah, and that, and this and the other. But God will ask you specifically, what do you need? Where is the healing process going to begin for you? And when you are specific with God, God is a God of, uh, of specifics. That's why the Bible tells us that when a father gives his child a gift, it doesn't give him a rock or a snake, doesn't give him the wrong thing. How much? How much more when we ask God? In this case, he's speaking of the Holy Spirit. Uh, but how much God more when you ask Him specifically for something? Lord, heal my marriage. Lord, save my children. Lord, I need financial help. Lord, I need a job. F- Father, my body is hurting. Uh, I'm failing like this. Lord, be specific. Remember, it's your moment. Don't walk away like we do so many times. Oh man, I should have told him. You ever walk away from a business arrangement or a, a store? or uh, You have to go back six times to the store because every time you go back to get that one thing you want to, you always forget and you're driving home like, oh man, I forgot. I should have done this or the other. But sometimes we do that with the Lord, but God says, keep your eyes focused on your need, keep your eyes focused. On your need. And finally this morning. Man I am going so quick. It's I I am impressing myself. (laughs) Move in faith. Move in faith. When the Lord. Sets his timing. You minimize the negativity in your life. You know exactly. What you need and you come to God and you receive it then you get up and move in faith the Bible says that when Bartimaeus received his sight he jumped with joy and followed him he followed Christ be thankful for what God does in your life Bible teaches us about the things that we receive and sometimes we don't get what we want because what we get, we spend on our own pleasures. When God heals our body, we use it only to go out and sin more. When God gives us finances, we only use it to stay away from church more and go further. When God gives us a job, we only use that job to stay away. Oh, I haven't gone to church for six months. Pastor, man, they've given me work. I mean, I'm getting 300 hours a week or whatever. Well, we should pray that God takes that job from you. Anybody want to lose their job because this is the first time you come to church in the past eight months? Should we pray, Lord, get this man fired so he can start coming to worship you. Oh, man, I'm doing so much over time, but man, this is good, man. Oh, God bless me with this job. I'm beginning to question that because God will never give you anything that's going to take you away from him. Oh, I got a new car. Now you drive away from God. You understand what I'm saying? When you get what you need from God, let him know that when he gives you what you need, you're not going to spend it on yourself, but you're going to spend it to give him praise. You're going to give him praise. And I was dying at Baylor University this past year. I I had gotten to the point where I wasn't praying for myself anymore because... Again, I was pretty much done. There was, I mean, for me, it was monotony now to stand before God and say, Lord, you know where I'm at. It's kind of now I looked at the Lord, i going like, you know? He goes, yeah, man, I know. And so it was difficult for me to continue redundantly praying, but he knew my heart because we had spoken about my issue, he and I, for so long. Six years I wrestled with cirrhosis. You saw me go through it on this pulpit. But there was a moment when I went in for my surgery. Not that I was afraid, because I've never been afraid. Since I've known Jesus, I've never been afraid to die, ever. I don't wake up at night, oh my God, what if my life is over? I'm 62, oh man, the uncheatable appointment with death is coming. Let it come. I'm not afraid to die. But i did say this to the lord the few last breaths i had before i went under anesthesia i said if you spare my life i will serve you as i have for the rest of the life you give me i will serve you until there is no breath in my lungs anymore and this is why today at 62 i thank him i thank him because I'm still here preaching His Word, and I'm still here dedicating my life to Him. But I went through a tough time, a tough road, almost train wreck that I was going through six years, probably the biggest wrestle I ever had in my life. But God set the timing, and I knew it was my moment. And I stopped the negativity, well, Mr. Soto, look, this kind of thing, you have no, pretty much no chance. Your liver is absolutely out, and the chances of your survival are minimal, and this and the other, and this and the And I shouted all the louder. And with God and His grace and mercy came and gave me what I needed when He asked me. I said, Lord, this very gift you've given me, I give you back. I will love you and serve you all the days of my life. I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what kind of struggles you're going through. Maybe you see the light at the end of the tunnel, but you know that that's a train that's coming to hit you face forward. I believe Jesus is here now. And I'm asking you this moment, just like Bartimaeus did. Make it your moment. Make it your moment. Forget the negativities you've heard. Oh, you'll never survive this issue in your life. Forget it. The doctor said, you know, People like this die from this. Oh, the, there's no help for you and your wife and your children. There's no help for this. You'll never get another job the same. You'll never be able to sustain your family. All these negativities. Shout louder. Shout louder. Because you know that Jesus' timing is now and the moment is yours. So make sure you stop him and take advantage. And when he asks you right now, as I ask you to stand. I will ask you in the voice of God this morning and ask you, what would you have me do?